When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Hello, everyone. It's Leah with a disclaimer I knew in my soul I would have to give before this show when we recorded it because... We pre-recorded this show on Wednesday to get ahead of the game a little bit. And of course, on Wednesday night, former Arizona Coyote Phil Kessel signed a one-year, $1.5 million deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. So of course, we did not know that yet at the time of this podcast. So keep that in mind when listening. We'll discuss Phil Kessel's signing further on Friday's show. But for now, enjoy this one. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. Happy Thursday and happy August, and it feels like there's not really a lot to talk about, but we are finding things to talk about. How's everyone doing? (laughs) One more month of this. Yeah. One more month of pretending we're giving you content. Wow. <laughs> That's a good way hockey? to start exactly. off a hockey podcast. We need some hockey news. Yes. Oh, boy. There's always something to talk about, Craig. There's always, there is always something news. to talk always. about. And that's the thing that we you discover. We we think we have the thinnest of topics and then we ramble on for 40 minutes about it. But can I can I say something on this podcast though? And I think I owe someone an apology and and I know he's glued right now is Derek Matia our, our Diamondback um host. I, I was pretty harsh on on Derek the <laughs> caveman the mayor of PHNX on the on, on a previous show regarding his inability to keep his keys in check as he lost his keys at the day spa. Um yeah, he didn't lose his keys. And I had talked about getting a fanny pack for him and some ways to keep his keys. <sighs> Leah, can you tell us where the keys were? Shane had them in his backpack the whole time. That would be Shane Diefenbach. Yeah. That you're talking about. Shane just, just for clarity, not Shane Doan. Shane yes. Diefenbach. Shane Diefenbach. Shane. Who, the producer who, of the show, that when they lost the keys, he took the keys off the table because they were in the shot. 
and then his short-term memory took over. Or <laughs> he was, he was story, the OGs anyway. or the tequila, and that that's was it. Shane's story. He was, not <laughs> he was actually on air for that show. He was the host of that show. I'm sorry. Yeah. After several tequilas and some OGs, then his memory failed him. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the ordeal. How long did he have those keys, Leo? Um, he found them on Tuesday, and so that was Saturday. Days. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. What was his reaction when he discovered those keys? Shane's reaction? Yes. Well, he called me and said, you're not going to believe what I just found. But I was like, it had been so many days. I was like, what? What, what did you find? Derek's keys. So Which, he called you. He didn't call Derek. He called no, you. he tried to call Derek, but Derek didn't answer. So then he called me. Then he finally reached Derek. But I will say that we did unload Shane's backpack like in front of Derek, we went through every compartment. But what happened was they went in the laptop compartment and then slid underneath the backpack. Like they uh-huh. slid all Inside the way it. down. Yeah. So is there going to be like a staff boxing match or something to settle this score? I don't know, like but something? I think we just need to buy Derek like an air tag or something for his keys. Yeah, I feel bad for him. So anyway, I wanted I to publicly like I need apologize. To talk to witnesses. I, I need to talk to witnesses. Up. Trust me, there's a whole investigation going mm-hmm. on on the D-back show because mm-hmm. now everyone's a suspect. What else did you find in, in Shane's backpack, by the way, when you unloaded it? Um, Just camera equipment and stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. that sounds very fun. Sure. Yeah. All right. I just All need right. to get that off my chest. Sorry. We get back to hockey now. Well, oh, I gotta. Sorry. I have to apologize for something as well. Oh my gosh! All right. A typo in a, in my story yesterday, which I caught. Nobody pointed out, but you know, being neurotic as I am, I I discovered it and then was really angry with myself that I had the Coyotes winning four playoff series in their twenty five years in the Valley, and of course, it's only three playoff series. Oh man! I changed it myself in the story. Nobody called me out on it, so I'm. Um, it's just like I'm self-reporting here. And we're counting the Nashville NCAA. as one of those series? Yeah. I, I called it postseason because it series. was after the season. Okay. So technically I'm correct. Yeah. yeah. Wishful I mean, thinking. It, it's the playoffs. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about it. No, I'm in. the playoff field. It was the playoffs. 100%. Give it to them. All right. Well, <laughs> believe it or not, we do have a topic today, even though we're five minutes in and haven't said it. Um the best remaining unrestricted free agents because there still is quite a list, maybe not the most compelling list of all time, but there is a list. And the reason this came up is because a few of them were actually skating at the ice den this week. Craig, who did you see on Tuesday when you were there? I saw a lot of guys at the ice den. Uh, there were, there were, I mean, there were, there were two and a half full lines on each bench. It was insane how many players were there because there were so many out-of-towners as well, as I tweeted, guys like Austin Matthews and Tage Thompson and Ryan DeZingle. But um, some of the free agents were also former Coyotes, Phil Kessel, Brad Richardson, and Brendan Perlini. They were all on the ice, um, and those guys are all free agents. There's a lot of ex-Coyote free agents, by the way, (laughs) on this UFA list that we're about to talk about. But when you look at who's on the list, who, who excites you guys? I mean, like, Okay. And PK Subban are at the top of this list. Let's quickly read through the list and then we can. This is just some of them. (laughs) Yeah, this is some of the the skaters Uh, Phil Kessel, PK Subban, Victor Rask. You're going to have to read this one. Alex Chason. Chason. Okay. Tyler Ennis, Calvin DeHaan, Evan Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, Sam Gagne, Tyler Ennis, Cody Eakin, Jonathan Dolan. 
Evgeny Sveshnikov, Daniel the Sprong. Other Sveshnikov. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Sprong, Jimmy Vesey, and then a list of former Coyotes, Jay Beagle, Anton Strahlman, Antoine Roussel, Alex Galchenyuk, Derek Stepan, Derek Brassard, Brad Richardson, Keith Yandel, and Brendan Perlini. Whew. Woo. I like Tyler Ellis so much. We put him on the list twice, by the way, for those keeping score at home. Did I read it twice? It's on the list twice, so you read it twice. Did I read it twice? You did. Oh, look at that. Um, okay. Anyway, I, my I like first, Tyler Ennis, by the way. My, 700 my, games in the league. My initial reaction of this list, and then I'll pass it over to you guys, is a lot of these players are very good but have already been in their prime. <laughs> um, that's all I got. All right. Who's next? There's a nicer way of saying their past. Everybody tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's my hard-hitting analysis. Uh, so should we just call this list? Post prime UFAs. That's, that's pretty much what we're looking at here. Do, do I, you know, and especially when you look at that list of Coyote Coyote players, and those are guys that that came in here for one last crack. You know, Beagle, Strawman, Roussel, um, even Brassard, Richardson, Yandel, Perlini. Like those are a long list of guys that are, you know, maybe their best years are behind them. So this is hard. I, I still think there's there might be a contract for for a few of these guys, maybe um, to fall somewhere. Um, but you look through that list, even even other former Coyotes and Sam Gagne, as you said, their their numbers and their their careers, their better days are behind them. Doesn't mean they can't find a job. That you can't find a spot that you just have to be able to and willing to take on a different role. And the best example for that is the guy on the top of the list, and that's Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is not going to be in a role that he had for the Arizona Coyotes. But he's just not. He's not going to be a top six forward anywhere in the league. Um, right now he, he's 34 years old. His numbers have been, been continually dropping here in the desert. Um, do I still think he can help somebody? It, it, it's hard. And you got to weigh an organization's thought process. Do you put in a 22 or a 23 year old kid that you're developing? That's trying to work his way up. Or do you take a guy that's 34 years old that, you know, can do it. That's on his way down. And it's somewhere they, those two players meet and you go, gosh, it's better for organization to play the young kid and get those kind of ice times for that kid that we're giving to a guy like Phil Kessel, even though Phil might be the better player right now. He brings a unique personality to a dressing room too, right? So if you're a GM, you have to, and I'm not saying Phil's a bad guy. They loved him in the Coyotes locker room, but he brings a certain mindset. He's Phil Kessel is never going to be your hardest training guy. And you sort of want your veterans to lead the way with that. So if you're putting Phil Kessel in the mix, you better be putting him in the right mix with a strong veteran group in that room. Otherwise, things could go south and he's he's not going to be happy with certain situations. He's going to have to adjust his mindset there because he's not going to be playing with those top playmaking centers anymore. That's just not who he is anymore. He can help you on the power play, like you said, but... Is I don't know. He is no, Craig. Is that it? Is he a power play guy? Because if he maybe. was, I thought the, the chance for him to leave was when Vegas was really struggling on the power so, play. And I thought he would leave. Is he a third line guy and a power play specialist? Is that how you view him? That's probably how you view him. And he's got to be cheap too, right? He's got to be cheap at this yeah, point. Yeah, his number's got to come down. Isn't that, but then what? what is he? He is a power play specialist, meaning he can score from the top of the circle. I think he's got great vision. He passes the puck and distributes the puck better on the power play than he gets credit for. Man, does he wire that puck across the scene. Like He can really make great plays. So, so yes, he's a power play specialist. The problem is you don't usually have your power play guys on the third and fourth line. You just don't. Those are your penalty kill guys. You know, uh, traditionally, I'm not saying you can't, but now yeah. you got to look at what those roles are. A third line role, that's usually a grinding defensive player that plays 200 foot. 
I don't know if that's Phil Kessel, fourth line guy. Man, that's in today's game, that's a physical, hard hitting guy that can separate guys from the puck and, and, you know, not getting a lot of ice time. That's not Phil Kessel either. So I think it's going to have to be an adjustment for him financially. It's going to be have to be a very limited role on five on five, and he's going to have to be a power play specialist. Is he willing to do that? I think he thinks he has a lot to offer. I really do. I think Phil thinks he can still offer a team some value. He is going to have to prove it. And unfortunately for him this last season in the Arizona Coyotes, when we all said over and over, if Phil wants out, he needs to get 15 to 20 goals, and most of those need to be on the power play. We said it over and over again from day one, and it just didn't happen. So he's going to have to earn that back again. He's going to have to go somewhere, play a limited role, maybe get power play minutes, put some points on the board, and go, oh, okay, we made a really wise decision. Or he's going to struggle. He's not going to come in in shape. He's not going to be able to play a 200-foot game, and somebody's going to go, okay, well, we, we took a swing and, and missed. It's kind of going to be up to Phil. I still think Phil will sign a contract. I think there is a spot for him somewhere in this league. Um, it's just going to be at a diminished salary. How many of the players on this list sign, and how many of them have get to the point? Because sometimes there's a point in players' careers where they're on a, a tryout contract at teams' training camps. Like, how many of these players do you foresee getting yeah, a contract I think, before that? I think that's what's going to happen, Lee. I think you're going to see a lot of these guys that, that have been in the bottom six up front or in the bass back pairing at, at the defense position that once training camp opens, injuries happen, guys guys are out of the lineup, and you're going to need a veteran player in there, and you're going to need them tomorrow. And you're going to need a guy that can step in the lineup and play preseason games right away, and you're willing to take a chance on a guy then because it's just going to be a, a you know, PTO contract. Give him a tryout. Let's see what he can do if it's great. Galchenyuk came in similar circumstances to the Coyotes last year. Is that something that could happen for another one of these players on the list? I think so. When I look at the list, I mean, I, I think Evan Rodriguez still has something to offer. Yeah, I was going to say he he had good, pretty good numbers last year. He's a 29-year-old kid. He played a role for Pittsburgh for years. His best offensive numbers might might have been in Pittsburgh, but last year was career high for him. And, and so I still think there might be a spot for him. But when you come off a career year and you're 29, you want to get paid. And so he's... It's a, it's a tough one. He doesn't have a huge history of putting up those kind of numbers. So teams are apprehensive where he's the player going, hey, I did it. I can do it again. I'm still only 29. I think he's a player that's going to play. I think Evan Rodriguez is going to find a role with a team that's willing to take a chance on a guy that put up really good numbers and ate a lot of minutes for that Pittsburgh team. So I think Evan Rodriguez is going to find one. The one that's interesting to me is the guy we listed twice. I've always liked Tyler Ennis. He's a guy that I think is a gritty guy, but, you know, a little undersized, but he plays bigger than he is. He's a grittier player. But when you go through and look at his numbers, his best years were a decade ago in Buffalo, where he put up significant offensive numbers in Buffalo. Since then, he's bounced around Minnesota, Toronto, Ottawa, Edmonton, and then back to Ottawa. I, I, I thought he would be a guy that might be able to get in that last spot. He's played 700 games in the league, and I thought he might be able to, at 32, fill a lower veteran role. He's a guy that might be perfect for that that PTO kind of kind of guy, Leah, that you mentioned. Once training camps open, to go, hey, Tyler, and this is out there. He'll work cheap, um, and he's been he knows the league. He understands how to do things right, and he plays the right way. So he's another guy on that list that I think might come through as as a guy that might get an opportunity through a PTO. Yeah, and I think I think guys like Rask, Chason, and Calvin DeHaan will find homes at some point too. But they're guys on this list who are. They're in a tough spot. You know, one, one name on this list that really struck me was Jimmy BC because do you remember when he was coming out of college, all the hype yep. and all the teams that were lining up to sign this guy? This happens so often with college free agents, a guy who's done his entire career and becomes a free agent. 
They get overhyped. There's a lot of excitement because that time of year, there's not a lot else happening. So, oh my God, this guy could be a, a difference maker. Jimmy VC had eight goals and 15 points last year with the Devils. He's 29 years old now. And, you know, his best years were those first few years with the Rangers where they gave him a lot of opportunity, but he never blossomed even into a 20 goal scorer or a 40 point guy. Just a cautionary tale on, on college free agents, in my opinion. So rarely do those guys end up being anything more than role players in the NHL. It's amazing how much hype those guys get coming out to the battles for those guys. And I, I, I brought up oh, Arnold. I can't, can't honestly, I can't even remember. I have to go back to the 2012 banner that the, the college free agent that the Coyotes fought for to get on there. And, and he was on the 2020 banner. He's on the 2020 t-shirt college free agent. And you know what? Just never played. Just never played. And this Jimmy VC coming out of college, you look at his three years, near 20-goal score for three years for the Rangers. But you're right, Craig. The amount of ice time and support they gave him in a development role was huge. And now he's mm-hmm. kind of leveled off. He had 20 games at Vancouver. He had no goals in 2021. And Jersey had eight goals in 68 games. Again, 29. He'll find a home. I, is it a two-way contract? I, I don't know. I still think, I still think he's got hockey to play, and and there are some guys on this list that'll end up in Europe. The other big name, the biggest name on that list that we haven't talked about is PK Subban. Yeah, and where does PK Subban fit, and is he done? Yeah, I don't know. I saw I saw a tweet. It's like PK should return to Montreal. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't think that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> they they were not fond of him there, and they they the thing about Montreal too is when guys go out of town, they sure can spin yarns about all the problems that they created. And I thought some of that was overhyped with PK, but he is a flamboyant guy. He he's fantastic with media, but his his best years are clearly behind him. He is he has declined significantly for the past at least three seasons. So. He's another guy. Like, uh, where, where do you fit? Um, is he a third pair guy at this point in his career? Um, he, he can still move pucks, but he's lost, clearly lost a step. If if anybody has seen that uh, infamous uh, Twitter, uh, the, the tweet uh, on Michael Grabner stealing a puck at, at the, the blue line in New Jersey and going in shorthanded and scoring, like he started even with P.K. Subban. By the end of the uh, the rush, he was like a zone ahead of him. So P.K. Subban has lost a lot of his speed. So I'm not sure where he fits in the NHL anymore. Is the mythos of P.K. Subban greater than the player? And was it always? And I, and I wonder if, if that was the case here. The, he has glimpses of brilliance we talked about the world junior played twice for canada which is the toughest roster in the world to make and he did it twice um you look at his points his career high in montreal was 60 points world-class shot can be a goalie clean from the blue line which you can't say about many um you know shea weber in his prime and pk can fire the puck and he's great on the the offensive side and the power play power play specialist all of those things but and when you look through his career numbers mm, i don't know man i I mean, defensively, I'll say, yeah, you're right there. But I don't know that anyone ever thought P.K. Subban was a great defender. He was a puck mover. He was an offensive defensive. But when you top 50 points four times in your NHL career from the blue line, those are elite numbers from a defenseman. Those are absolutely elite numbers. I thought he was a an incredible offensive defenseman for a period, but he just it declined rapidly. It's crazy what happened in Nashville because they had that unbelievable blue line for a while um, with Roman Yossi and Matthias Ekholm and PK Subban. I'm forgetting the fourth guy. There's a fourth guy in that mix. Ellis. Help me out here. Huh? Ellis. Yeah. Ryan Ellis. Yeah. That their blue line was unbelievable for a while. 
But then it just it, it fell off a cliff for PK Suman. It's strange how that can happen for players sometimes. Where but it was, do you think for a player like gone. that too, Craig? It's some of the stuff away from the ice. Sure. The the, sure. the 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 romantic involvements, the fashion, the media appearances, and those things that started to become bigger than the player. And sometimes you lose your focus. I I, I mean I don't know. I don't know PK Subban. I I don't always like in the room. I know on the ice he could be. He, hey, I tell you what, he could hit hard too. Like he he could be physical. He could be offensive, and he can he can shoot the puck from anywhere. So there are absolutely huge upside. He played over 800 games in the league so far. Like the kid can play. I'm just wondering if as his career went on, that things away from the ice distracted from the on ice product. And that that's, he's not the first player that you can say that about. And, no. It, and it's, it's, it's funny. Cause you talk about, you know, the, the things you need to change, right? The concessions that you need to make to age. I'm not sure he made them either. Just like Phil Kessel, right. Who always thought he could get by with that speed, that great shot, the passing ability. Well, if you don't train and as your body ages, you, you, you're not going to be the player that you once were. You can't sustain it. You need to make adjustments for age. And I'm not sure either one of those guys really did. So we'll get to the goalie conversation in a second where this is going to be more relevant. But the list of skaters, is there anyone on this list you could see in an Arizona Coyotes jersey in October? No. Really? I think they're done, really, with their forward group. Yeah, I think they're done. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't see no reason for signing any of these guys in a free agent market for the Arizona Coyotes. I think if if you see an an older player coming onto this Coyote roster, it's going to be from somebody that needs to dump the salary from their current team. I don't think the Coyotes are going to be in the free agent market potentially for at least another year. So yeah, yeah I I don't see any Coyotes in the forward or defense group. All right. Well, the rosters are still forming around the NHL. So if you want to lock in some odds on DraftKings for current rosters for number for championship numbers, you can bet on conference winners, division winners. You can bet on a team to make a playoff. They're over unders and points for the season. Tons of stuff on the DraftKings Sportsbook app already with hockey. Um, but if you want to bet on some action now, college football is back very soon um so you want to get in on this offer from the DraftKings Sportsbook app download it now use the promo code PHNX bet just five dollars on college football and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly that's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook so check that out can I say like how how conflicted I am on college football, by the way, because I love the atmosphere of college football. I love going to games. I love checking out these different stadiums, but let's all be honest. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Michigan. Yeah. Is it going to be the same teams again in the college football playoff? Money, money, money. There's no parody in college football. It's boring. It's the same teams all the damn time. I'm sick money, of it. Money, money, I know. Yeah. You see the the like those career earnings for Nick Saban at I know that's cool. That was like over a hundred million. Bit, yeah, over a hundred million. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. It's just <sighs> all right. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I guess you can just go and enjoy the games, but like how many as how a many student programs- as a student, it's fun and like it's fun to get invested. And I feel like if you go to a school, at least for me, like I went to U of A. And their football team sucks, but like you still feel investment forever in your college team. So it's like, yeah. even though you know Alabama is going to win every year, it's like you still have that sliver. It's like one day U of A will be good and competitive. You know, I don't know. I think that's one of the worst things about being in sports media is that the veil, you know, the, the curtain is pulled back, and you're like, 
yeah, no, my team has no chance. I, I, I can see it clearly. If I, I do this objectively, I understand. I can't be the fan anymore. I know how this works. And yeah, it'll be the same teams. Yeah. Anywho, back to the free agent list. We got the goalies, and this is where maybe Ugh. it's more relevant for the Coyotes. But here's the list of some of the free agent goalies remaining. Braden Holtby, Corey Schneider, Andrew Hammond, Jean-Francois Berube. Yeah. How was that? Uh, so any anyone here for the Coyotes? I don't know that that Karel Vamelka, John Gillies pairing. Like, is that going to be it? Any free agents? And if not a free agent, where right. else will they? I don't find know. They got, they got Vamelka from Europe. I don't know. And Sattery came from Europe, I guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe a trade. I don't know, but like when you look trade at for who? I don't know. The the hamburger. Uh, come on, wow. that's not gonna really no, you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do Jean Francois. None of these guys played any games last year. Corey, when's the last time Corey Schneider played an NHL game? Is he really I didn't know, I didn't know he was still in that NHL? Right. Maybe. Like, he had one game last year. The legitimate guy on this list is Braden Holtby, right? Who has struggled lately, but maybe you think, okay. Let's get Braden Holby in here, and maybe with a physical defensive style, we can he can find his game again. Then you can flip him at the deadline for a team that needs goaltending help. Because at at one point, Braden Holby was obviously a very good NHL goaltender. But anybody else on this list? Wow, no. Yeah, okay. give me Corey Schneider back in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd probably sign up. Maybe like I, I he's just stand up guy, good numbers. Um, yeah, he hasn't played a full season in the league since 2016-17. I mean, that, that's a long time ago, and he's, he's creeping up to 40 years old. I don't think that's realistic to play in the league again. And it goes back to the same argument we had before. All of these teams, and I mean all 32 of them, will have somewhere between an 18 and a 25-year goalie somewhere in their system that needs to play. Now, he may not be ready for the NHL, but guess what? You'd rather play your 23, 24, 25 year old guy than a 36, 37 year old guy. The, the caveat to this and the exception to the rule is if you've got a guy that can handle the workload of 65 games a year, 60 to 65 games a year, and you want a veteran backup that can sit there, sit there, sit there night after night and be happy with it, collect his check, still work hard in practice, still have a good attitude and be kind of a lead or mentor. That's the only role that I could see for a Holtby or a Schneider. If you can be that guy and you could sit on the bench for 65 games a year and play 15, and that just doesn't happen anymore. What you see more and more in this league is you're seeing goalies playing 40 to 50 games and his partners playing 40 to you know 30 to 40. That's what you see now. You need a, you know, a 1A and a 1B, and I, and I just don't see either one of these two being able to do that. Holtby, Holtby played 24 games last year for a Dallas team that went through what four or five goalies that just absolutely it's, needed goaltending help. It's crazy. Holby used to be like a top end NHL goalie. So it's just crazy to think about the turn his career taken again. It all has to do with age as well, but it's really interesting. The point about the one a one B thing because of that, I feel like it's changed the goalie landscape. And right now, like it feels like there's no goalies. Like, and I don't know if that's because now every team has to have two huh. great goalies rather than like one great goalie and then an okay goalie. And then it feels like there's more. I feel like because of the 1A, 1B thing, it's so. The there's parody, like, 
Oh, you're right. Like those elite goaltenders when we talked about Holpe five years ago, Holpe and Carey Price, like Holpe's elite. Like, and I, yeah. I don't want to diminish what he's done. Holpe was elite goaltender when you go back to the mid, you know, 2012 to 2015. He's elite. His numbers are outstanding. He's a great goaltender. And you, we talk about Carey Price. And is the elite goaltender, is that starting to disappear? You've got Shesterkin, Vasilevsky. I mean, Otten had a great playoff. I don't he's think, got a long way to go. Is that gone? I don't. I don't think it's gone, but I think that the way that workload is happening is different, and that's changing the landscape of goalies. But is that a thing that every team feels like they have to commit to, or a tanking team like the Coyotes maybe won't care about that, and they'll just do the one and two situation with Vimelka and maybe one of these guys, like you just said, like a sixty-five and seventeen situation. Hope he fascinates me because he's not old for an NHL goaltender. He's going to turn 33 next month. He's he's still fine. He should have several years of productivity in him based on NHL goaltenders' careers. We, most of them blossom later anyway. And even his numbers last season, they were fine, actually. They were fine in Dallas. He had pretty good numbers, including you know the deeper stats, like goals saved above average. I, I I'm a little bit baffled as to why he hasn't received any offers at this point. So if it gets really dark and this is, and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen with the coyotes, but if Braden Holby simply doesn't get any offers, is he willing to come to a situation that he knows is going to be tough with the coyotes? You're, you're, you're not going to be playing behind one of the greatest teams. So it's going to be hard for you to show what you can do. But if you can do it in a, you know, where you're splitting time with Vimelka, and it's really your only option. Do you take that option? I wonder if, you know, because Bill has said, we're going to wait out opportunities, whether they're in free agency or whether they're via trades or other opportunities. He's going to wait it out and see how things look with the goalie market. We've got a month before camp, you know, almost probably more like a month and a half, even closer to two months before the regular season starts. So there's time to wait this out and, and guys get more and more desperate and their prices come down and down and down as they just don't get any offers. Bill Armstrong is a very patient man. <laughs> He's maybe more patient than me. Wasn't Jacob <laughs> supposed to be traded to Ottawa two weeks ago? <laughs> According Craig, to everyone on Twitter, yes. <laughs> Craig, I, I, I agree with your point to an extent that I think there'll be a waiting time for Braden Holpe, and he's realizing that his, his financial market is, is dropping by the day. I still think he'll end up somewhere in a situation where they're going to give the ball to a younger goalie and he'll be a guy that fills in and can play for extended periods of time um, if there's injuries. I, I think that will be, and I don't know where that is. I have to, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't know my 32 teams, but but there will be a situation. Look at Pittsburgh went through last year and, and with the Smith and, and um, Jari. So maybe a, a situation like that, that you could take a chance on, on a guy like Holpe. Arizona, I, I don't know if, if I, I just don't know if you're if you're buying him for a bucket of pucks, you'd take him. And and I'll tell you why. You, you brought up a good point, Craig, and his numbers weren't that bad last year. His save percentage nine thirteen, just under the nine fifteen magic number. His goals against were under three. Vamelka's goals against three six eight. His save percentage eight nine eight, under ninety, under nine hundred. So. I hate to say this, fans, and I know people don't want to hear it, but if you want to start talking Connor Bedard, you can't have a goalie that's going to win you games. And you you can look at Vimelka. He'll come in and make 45 saves against Winnipeg because he will, and he'll stand on his head and he'll play outstanding. But as we could see from his numbers, unless they become more consistent, 
You want to get last? Hmm. This may be how you do it. All I can say is thank God in our new office, we now have a fridge dedicated to just beer. We have a just beer fridge, a full stock full. I just filled it more yesterday of four peaks. So when we have to suffer through some games that will probably be brutal this year, at least we'll have four peaks and we have um, uh, some new chairs to put the four peaks into, which I'll get to in a second, but we love four peaks. You can get it wherever, literally wherever you buy beer, fries, Target, Safeway, anywhere. Or you can check out the Four Peaks Brewery on 8th Street in Tempe. And that's where we will be next Wednesday for the last Wednesday of every month. So join us at Four Peaks on August 31st all day. We're the first show at 11, but it's back-to-back-to-back-to-back shows for all of your PHNX favorite shows so join us then and speaking of last wednesday we'll be announcing our next toast of the month's sweepstakes winner that day so if you haven't entered already you can do so you can win a 50 dollars four peaks gift card a phnx shirt of your choice and a phnx annual membership all you have to do is go to gophnx.com or click on the link in the show notes must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly don't have to be 21 to come say hi at four peaks though because they have lots of great food as well as drinks so hope to see you out there and i mentioned our new chairs for game viewing they have cup holders they have a little side table that you can put your laptop on or your dinner they have a place you can charge your phone in the chair like the game viewing experience if we have to watch the coyotes lose a lot of games this year at least for me and pd because i know craig will be at a lot of at least all the home games it's going to be a great viewing experience for us. And that's thanks to more furniture who literally hooked up our entire office, our entire new space with furniture. We got new studio furniture, um, desk chairs, all of it. So thank you so much to our friends at more furniture for hooking our entire office up. And if you're interested in checking out Moore's Labor Day sale, visit morefurniture.com. All right, Craig, I want to hear more about your, trip to the ice den on Tuesday. I know we <laughs> talked a little bit about it at the top, but you mentioned some of the skaters who were there and maybe some rumors of some others joining next week. Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned the, uh, the non coyotes that were there between the free agents and then the big names like, you know, Austin Matthews and Tage Thompson and Brian Ingles there. He was a former coyote, I guess, but heard a rumor that Mitch Marner, Michael Bunting and Matt Dumba could be in next week as well. So Hey, anybody want to go down a rabbit hole and and predict what this means? Because I know people <laughs> were, were interpreting it, you know, reading the tea leaves just because Austin Matthews was skating in his hometown, which he does every summer. Which, like, <laughs> everyone does. All of the Canadians go back home, yeah. too. It's just the way, so... they've, been, they've been skating at Oceanside, too. So it's a really? much smaller group over at Oceanside, like, with, uh, yeah, Brenda Perlini's been a part of that group, too. Wow. So. It's funny because I remember when during the half year lockout in 2013, when a lot of players would come skate because it was it was like January. So why wouldn't you want to go skate in Scottsdale? But like August in Phoenix, I don't know. I'd rather go to Toronto or something. But that's just yeah, we me. we talked about that in in w- when we had Bukestad on. We talked about the Beauty League playing in Minnesota. Well, I kind of get that. We're talking about in the 70s, maybe yeah. get uh, the high of 80. Yeah, it makes sense to me in Minnesota. I what 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 gravitates <laughs> these guys to Arizona in August? And Craig did it again. 
again, every show we, we I had to do it. I, I mean, it's sign my quota. Mute. I filled my quota. <laughs> One word for you though, PD: golf. These guys love to golf. True. Early and it's in cheap in the summer here to golf. And there's beautiful world-class courses here in Arizona. Yeah, so cheap to that. stay at the nice resorts here in the summer, too. So I get it. Um, and Craig, did you get a chance to see any of the Coyotes facilities, practice facility at the Ice Den? I know that's kind of been something people have been wondering about. And I know you were you were just there poking around, not on an official tour, but any insight? I on- just walked past it. I wasn't poking around, so I don't want to raise any <laughs> flags here. I, I did just walk. You know, you got to walk past the the Coyotes locker room and some of those other areas that they've, they've used at the ice 10 on your way back to the back rink. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all under construction right now. The locker room is much bigger. Pete, I think you mentioned this on a previous show that they've blown out some walls. So they're creating more space in the locker room. They're doing something with those other small rooms that are on the way out to the, uh, the ice in that one rink. Um, but none of it's done yet. TikTok, by the way, because camp is camp is less than a month away. None of it's done. I didn't, you know, I can't get into the uh, the the off-site facilities, you know, right across the parking lot, about a 150-yard walk or whatever it is, to the area that they're using for the training, and et cetera. But my understanding is that's not done either. So hopefully, you know, chop, chop, they, they get this done because they're going to need it really soon. It's just, uh, I know this is a temporary situation as well. I know they plan on building the practice facility if they get the arena approved in Tempe. So down the road, it could be what many are terming the Taj Mahal if, if they get the thing built in Tempe. But right now it's, it's a tough mishmash of, of facilities. It's, it's far from ideal. And I would say far much farther from ideal than their game situation at ASU's multi-purpose arena. I don't think, the practice setup is very good for players other than the fact that it's it's relatively close. I, I think a lot of the players have moved out of that area, though, PD, haven't they? Like, yeah, I think a lot of them used to be in that North Scottsdale. Now they're getting more into that Paradise Valley, that central area. Yeah. Um, I think you're losing the point. But, but, Craig, this brings back from the day they put the shovel in the ground for this ice den. And we're talking this is early when, when um, Mr. Burke owned the team and the, the ice den. This was when they built this building. This was a premier practice arena in the National Hockey League. It they had the whole building, all of their their gym facilities, their ticket sales, their market. Everything was in the ice stand. Everything under one roof. It was absolutely phenomenal. They built an NHL visitor room so visiting teams could come practice. It was state of the art, the best in the National Hockey League. And I'll put that up at the time. I'll put that up against anybody that that it was phenomenal facility. But what happened in the sale of the team? Mr. Burke kept the ice den and then pieces started being chipped away that the gym was no longer the coyotes gym and the, the, the office space upstairs was no longer the coyote space. And so now it becomes like you said, a mishmash of spaces. And unfortunately over time it became a convenience. It was convenient for the players. because It was close. It didn't have all of the amenities that players were accustomed to at a full facility, hot tub, cold tubs, weight room, all of the stretching areas, video rooms, all of the things players became accustomed to weren't there because they didn't own the space anymore. Um, it was convenient because it was close. And on morning skates, when he needed to do something quick, it was the best place to go. So now they're trying to revert back to what they had in the old days. Unfortunately, they don't have the space again. So it goes back to space, and they're trying to create space where there isn't any. I know the people involved on both the Coyote side and the Ice Den side, and they are going to do their best to make this as good a situation as they possibly can for both parties. They really are. It's going to be as good as they can make it with the space they've been provided, and that's it. 
And, and I hope at, at some future date, the three of us or, or Craig and I, or, or maybe I'll just snoop around myself. I want to see the ancillary facility that is 150 yards away where they will have the most of their facilities, you know, their medical, their, their yeah. training facilities and so forth. I want to see that. And hopefully we're, we're, we're able to get a tour. This is what we've said from the beginning. The ASU solution is not ideal. This is an ideal, but it's a, it's a, it's a means to an end to get them to the promised land at the Tempe town Lake with premier facilities that rival anywhere in the NHL. This is a bridge to get there. And unfortunately it's not ideal. It's not the best, but to get everyone to the ideal situation on the Tempe town Lake, this is the solution. So just hang tight. Yes. Much like our first office at PHNX was the bridge to our brand new, amazing <laughs> office in downtown. Exactly. Phoenix. Just saying, just saying. We'll, play, so we'll, we'll see. And uh, we've been doing some decorating. So we've all been uh, scouring foco.com for some wall signs, for some bobbleheads. I was just on there. There's so much Cardinal stuff on there. Like an unbelievable amount football se- NFL season is right around the corner. So if you were planning on going to any games, we'll have tailgates out for every home game, PHNX tailgates. So if you want to come decked out for that, you can do so. Check out foco.com. They're the leader in sports merchandise for I am losing my train of thought because I can't pull up the ad read fast enough, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> I'm on the wrong thing. Oh. I'm really fumbling the back here. Here we go. <laughs> my God. All right. Leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. Foco's got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise. They've officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Head on over to Foco.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHNX for 10% off. Speaking of decking out, PHNX has a huge sale going on right now at the PHNX locker. It's the summer sale. Stuff is on there up to 50% off. Head on over to the phnxlocker.com and grab merch before it's sold out. Unfortunately, the Cody the Coyote shirts are both sold out or all sold out in every color. But the Coyote cutout, I think, is the last time I looked, was still available. So you'll never get it for cheaper than it is right now. Go grab it from the PHNX locker. But there's tons of amazing merch. All the hats are marked down. So get on there. Grab some merch. Craig, before the show, we were talking about Craig getting on there and ordering some shirts finally. So he's so Buy some gifts. Buy some early Christmas gifts. I did. I got on and did, did some shopping, some birthday it's and Christmas shopping. It's never too early. Yeah, I feel absolutely. attacked. Why? Because you because it's been a year and you don't have any PHNX shirts. But, do you want to talk about, You have a hat. You had, so. you had gophers on your hat last show. <laughs> Prairie dog gophers. Like, and you can't, like, it's time. It's time. <laughs> so, so it's not like you set the fashion bar so high that you can't rock a PHNX shirt. It's time. It is time, Craig. Yep. All right. Uh, well, another way to get a shirt for free from the locker is to become a member at gophnx.com. Sign up for an annual membership and you'll get a free shirt from the locker. Or if you want to try your first month, just 50 cents, so you can do a month-to-month membership. Either way, you get to join our members-only Discord and get access to all of the great content behind the paywall at gophnx.com to become a member today. Tomorrow, Friday, we are very much looking forward to talking to Christian Fisher, who we got to talk to on Wednesday. So we'll be playing that tomorrow on the live show Friday at 11 a.m. Really looking forward to catching up with Christian Fisher, who was our first roster player we ever interviewed on this show. Um, So that's fun. Really looking forward to catching up with him again. And everyone can tune in tomorrow live at 11 a.m. for that one. They can 
catch up with Christian Fisher. Oh, boy. oh, oh it's Fisher Fish Friday. It's time to leave. Fish Friday with ketchup. It's oh time. my gosh. I, I do see what you did there. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, and follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms, including follow PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter, trying to hit 4,000 followers by the time the season starts, and follow each, each of us on Twitter at SPetersHockey, at Leah Merrill, and at Craig S. Morgan as well. Could you hear it? Can you hear that? The street racer going by? It's time. Okay. It's time. It's time to go. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow.